0: Welcome to Theologically Speaking, a podcast of BJU Seminary. I'm your host, Eric Newton. How do we think about the ideas arising within us and swirling around us? And how do we minister in a world like ours? If the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever, we have to know God and think His thoughts after Him. Therefore, the mission of Theologically Speaking is to have conversations that help listeners cultivate theological habits of mind and heart and ministry. Though we know the importance of prayer and often acknowledge our weakness in it, it's still difficult to turn a corner and grow in this spiritual discipline. And those who've been called to shepherd God's people have a responsibility to cultivate a prayer life, both personally and, and collectively as congregations. So uh, we want to ask the question today on Theologically Speaking, uh, what would that look like? And I've asked two pastor brothers to join me today on the podcast to discuss this. Uh, neither would, I'm sure, uh, say that they've arrived in this discipline, but both have given some careful consideration of it that I think can be instructive and encouraging. And so we're grateful that you've joined us today to listen in on this conversation. So uh, let me start by introducing uh, my guest today. Uh, first, uh, Dr. Joel Stetler is pastor of Fallsbury and Bible Church in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Did, did I get that Cuyahoga? Is that- you got it right. Okay. Uh, He and his wife, Abby, have uh, three daughters and have served the Lord and this congregation near Akron uh, since 2013. Uh, Joel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And uh, to diversify the time zones a little bit, uh, (laughs) we also have uh, Pastor Ben Smith of Vacaville Bible Church in Vacaville, California. Uh, He's also a graduate of BJU Seminary and has served since uh, 2015 as senior pastor of the church uh, in which you grew up. Is that correct, Ben?
1: Yes, that's right. My family started attending here when I was five years old, so the Lord's been very kind.
0: That's great. Uh, Ben and his wife, Allison, have have three children. And uh, so, again, thank you, Ben, for taking the time to be with us today. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, let's start here, uh, perhaps with some context for why cultivating prayerfulness uh, within congregations is is such a need. Uh, so I'll start with this question, uh, a general question. Uh, what in relation to prayer uh, do Christians like ourselves and Bible-believing churches struggle with? Maybe it's an aspect of prayer that we struggle to understand or even believe. Uh, certainly we feel the struggle in in practice i think this is something that we you know we talk about a decent bit but i think it's a good starting point for our conversation Uh, why why the struggle in the first place
1: well i wonder if if sometimes we certainly need reminded that uh, that prayer isn't just about uh, getting what we ask for you know we can have kind of a utilitarian mindset in prayer and so, you know, I think that's something that we have to be reminded of that we can struggle uh, to remember and to understand is that uh, we're fellowshipping with God through prayer, that He's accomplishing things in our hearts. I wonder if sometimes we think that we're bending God's will to our will in prayer rather than understanding that, that oftentimes God is bending our will uh, to His will and, and fellowshipping you know, it, with the Lord in prayer, but prayer also has a corporate dimension. Mm-hmm. And so we have the privilege in a church community to be fellowshipping with one another and with the Lord as we come to him in prayer.
2: Yeah, I would say that that idea of fellowship is a key word because when we spend time in God's presence personally, it's fellowship of the Lord, but we do fellowship. We actually partner together with one another. And Certainly, we are changed when we spend time in God's Word, but when we spend time in God's presence through prayer, we are, if we're rightly praying and Mm -hmm. remember who we're praying to, we are bending our will, um, yielding our will to the Lord's will. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, prayer is a great, it's such a great privilege, Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we forget that this is, it's not just something we do, but it's something we get to do, Mm -hmm and uh, when we know that we can enter into the presence of a holy god and call him our father you know as we pray together uh, it's a precious thing to be together as his um, children together before his throne making our petitions known and and we also forget how sinful and dependent we are on the lord and uh you know we as we go to prayer we If we're conscious of that we just realize how much we need him how much we need his help personally but also as a church corporately
0: yeah yeah for bible believing churches um any pastor is going to say that prayer is an important part of what they do maybe they have a prayer meeting um There are going to be messages i'm sure on prayer i mean if if you have an expositional philosophy of ministry and preaching you're obviously going to run into uh, quite a few places in scripture that uh, point us in that direction but uh, the the reason i was uh, interested in in having this conversation is uh, becoming aware that uh, there were uh, certain things that had prompted you to give closer attention to the prayer life of your particular congregations so we can think of prayer theologically at a, a very high level. We certainly should think of it in terms of, of personally, and, and, and maybe we'll be able to talk about that a little bit in terms of even the pastor's personal prayer life. But what prompted you in particular to give closer attention to the prayer life of your congregations? You've both mentioned this, this corporate aspect um, of, of prayer. Um, any, any thoughts about how that kind of began?
2: Yeah, I, I was, from my standpoint, had an opportunity to spend several months with a missionary uh, and he was a pastor of a, a smaller congregation in Australia. And I just, um, in observation both of his own life uh, as well as participating in uh, church life during those months, I, my mindset was just shaped. I think it was a formative time for me but I also um, just thought what he was doing was good and right and a healthy thing. Um, and in, in fact, in the time that I knew him, I there were times where I so-called caught him in both personal prayer, praying for the congregation, um, You know, I wasn't trying to catch him, but I just encountered him and just realized there was an integrity to his life where he was he was giving his time to intercessory prayer for people. And uh, at the end of my time there, uh, he gave me a book by D. Edmund Hebert, uh, working with God through intercessory prayer. And he just said briefly in the front of it, he just said, you know, treasure this book and may its riches be found in your life. And it was it was just a very helpful book and a very pointed you know discipleship kind of moment for me where that just meant a lot and uh, it just kind of carried with me that whole experience kind of carried uh, from that point forward um, and so whatever church I've been a part of I've you know I want to I want to be a part of the prayer life of the church whether it's prayer meeting or um, even just praying with a fellow believer but I would say, that that was, it was important for me and I know it's important for God's people. And so, um, you know, that, that kind of was, was what, as I think back on how the Lord discipled me with regard to prayer, those are some, some moments that the Lord really worked in my heart and kind of moving forward, just kept a focus, um, on prayer, uh, in the life of whatever church, when I became a pastor, then some of the resources that I was given, whether in seminary or sometimes books I came across, just, you know, deepened your understanding and renewed your, your sense of this uh, This needs to be the, you know, integral part of, of ministry yeah. and life.
0: Yeah. How about you, Ben?
1: Well, I, I think for me, I mean, foundationally trying to encourage our folks in their prayer life was probably most influenced by my own sense of deficiency in the prayer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, not just, not just as a historical fact, but ongoing, my, my sense of ongoing deficiency and weakness in prayer. So you just realize, hey, I need this in my own life. I'm, I'm certain that the rest of our assembly has a need for that. But specifically, as far as corporate prayer, Uh, Acts 2.42 has just been kind of a foundational Mm. ministry text for me. Um, You know, there are lots of things we can do as church, uh, but the list of things we must do is is somewhat short, and, and many of those activities are encapsulated in Acts 2.42. You know, you have the church in Jerusalem being founded after Peter's preaching at Pentecost and the work of the Spirit there, and... They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking of bread, and fellowship together, and in prayer. And just that concept that they continued steadfastly in prayer, and the inference in that passage is that they did that together. And then you just go from there and you read through Acts, right? I mean, Peter's imprisoned, and he miraculously escapes, and he comes and he finds the church gathered in a home and what are they doing? They're praying. And, and if you start thinking with a corporate mindset of prayer in the New Testament and just start kind of looking for it, you find it all over the place. Even passages that before we might've just read and assumed were encouragements to individual private prayer, you recognize this corporate fellowshipping aspect. And then just one last thing, I, I think most recently was preaching through the Gospel of Mark Hmm. and seeing this example in the life of the Lord, Mm -hmm. that he's uh, withdrawing from the crowds. Many times we're told in the Gospel specifically for the purpose of prayer. Mm -hmm. He's instructing his disciples in prayer. He's in Gethsemane uh, encouraging them and calling on them to, uh, to fellowship with him in prayer. And so I think those things came together uh, powerfully for me.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, the, the fact that Jesus is praying, of course we have uh, John 17, and then we have a lot of references in the Gospels to Jesus praying. We know that he's uh, interceding for us. In fact, we have confidence that we'll be saved to the uttermost because mm-hmm. he ever lives to make intercession for us, Hebrews 7.25 says. Uh, but that, that really does... Um, It really does underscore the need of this doesn't it Uh, when we're drawn to actually the prayer life of the Lord himself Um, one of the things that I I believe both of you have incorporated in your congregation uh, in recent years is uh, something on the lines of a a prayer week and uh, just to to, uh, Make sure at the outset listeners know what we are meaning and we aren't meaning. I, I, I don't think it means that that's the only week of the year that you pray. Uh, uh, but but there is there's something that you have set aside um, and uh, and given special attention to prayer. and Joel, uh, I was able to, to be a part of that um, a couple of years ago and uh, was really um, uh, was really instructed uh, about how you, have been leading your congregation in, in that way. So uh, maybe each of you could uh, could talk about this, uh, some of the things that uh, kind of go into your prayer week and what it's all about and uh, how it has played out in the life of your church.
2: I mean, you go first. Uh, uh, I would say uh, in terms of the background to how that even developed in my um, interest in life. I mean, you were instructed by being with us. I was instructed by by really um, other churches and other pastors who um, are really following the teaching of of scripture with regard to emphasizing whether it's Acts, you know, two forty two or um, the life of the church in the book of Acts. Um, I, I saw a church that hosted a. Uh, prayer week for not just their own church, but for other pastors of other churches in their denomination. And when I heard about that, I just thought they they did it at the beginning of the year. They did it to call on the Lord and ask him to work in their churches over the course of the year. And when I heard about that, I just thought there's something right about that. There's Mm -hmm. something good about that, where it's dependence on the Lord and it's expectation that we're as we enter into a new year. This is, you know, this is not ourselves doing this alone. It's looking to God and asking Him, begging Him to work in the life of our churches. Mm-hmm. And so, as I kind of kept that thought in my mind before I was ever a pastor, um, and you know, participate in the life of other churches, um, I came to the point where I had an opportunity to. Um, bring that to our church family. And I actually borrowed uh, brains from another pastor who was already doing something like that. And I said, you know, what do you do for the course of the week? And he explained. And so he just gave me um, a a guide that he used. He had uh, organized uh, cottage prayer meetings through the week and then sometimes for corporate prayer when the whole church gets together. And I would say, generally speaking, we followed that Basic pattern. Uh, I think the thing that I added was uh, we would ask a speaker to come at the beginning of the week and preach to us on the subject of prayer to stir us up to pray and and uh, also to pray you know properly, biblically. It's part of the reason you know we wanted to invite you, Eric, and appreciate your ministry with us. And uh, um, during that week, I ahead of time try to produce a prayer guide which is not a common book of prayer, but just a, a, a kind of a guide, daily guide to draw attention to certain uh, passages of scripture, truths about the Lord, to praise him for things to thank the Lord for. Uh, and then I've done it differently during different years, but intercessory, prayer needs, whether within our church, uh, our missionaries, uh, we happen to have our week just before election time, and so um, we we ended up, you know, focusing a couple of years just on on, on that as well for one of the nights, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I think one of the things we did the last time we did our prayer week, which was, I was encouraged by how well it kind of went, was we had what we call a prayer watch, where we tried to, every hour of every day during the week, somebody would be praying. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the hours that weren't filled in so much were the (laughs) early morning hours. But we do have people who work in the night or have opportunity to be up in the night. And then at at the last, you know, we've got these time slots, not, and then we thought, what about our missionaries? Because they're on the other side of the world, and maybe they can participate. And we ended up filling up every slot during the course of the week. Yeah, And it was so encouraging because I just realized, you know, and we didn't, you know, you don't have to be 60 minutes the whole time praying. But during that hour calling on God and it just it was something that brought us in a good way together mm-hmm. to, you know, pray to the Lord and uh, and really seek his face regarding our church and our world. And uh, so that's that's a little bit of the background for what what we've done.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: It's funny to hear Joel talk about the examples that he followed in that because for for our assembly, uh, my first exposure to that idea was actually hearing about Joel's church. And uh, we have a a dear mutual friend in Chris Searide, Chris and Heidi and their family ministered for years as missionaries in Cambodia, now in Thailand. And Chris was with us shortly after they'd been there in Ohio and Chris was just communicating what a blessing that had been to their family, and that kind of planted a seed uh, in the back of my mind. So we did our first week of prayer in 2019
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, followed a similar pattern to what Joel's describing with some adjustments for our situation here and planned to make that an annual uh, emphasis. uh, 2020 in the Lord's providence, in our situation here in California, we weren't able to do that. Uh, but we have it on the calendar for later this year. And it's interesting that, um, because the Lord, uh, intervened in 2020 in that way, we, we actually have folks in our assembly that were looking forward to that week. were anticipating it and really had a sense of loss, yeah. uh, of not having that last year and asking, you know, are we going to, are we going to do that again? Are we planning to do that again? And so that's been a real encouragement, um, you know, just to see a genuine desire. You know, it's one thing to put something on the calendar or to implement a series of services, but it's another thing to see the Lord actually work in the hearts of his people to where they have a longing for that and a desire for that. And so that's that's been really encouraging to us here.
2: Yeah. For the record, that's that was the same situation with us this last year. And uh, we had the same, you know, as far as the heart of God's people wanting to do that. And uh, you know, my heart was like with COVID and everything, we can still pray certainly, but, right. but there were certain things that were challenging to do. And I, I'm thankful that when, when all this happened in the last year, that, yeah, the hearts of God's people had been conditioned to, this is a valuable thing. It's a profitable thing. It's an enjoyable thing to spend time in God's presence. And it, I guess it, you know, to your your experience, but it just kind of, um, it suggests that God's people are being discipled mm-hmm. and they're enjoying just being with the Lord and with one another in prayer, and that's what we want. Right. Praise the Lord.
0: Right. Yeah, that's really, that's really encouraging. Um, you know, we've talked about this, uh, this week of prayer. Are there other aspects of, of church life that <laughs> have been uh, directly or indirectly affected, either either by the week of prayer or just by the Lord's work in your own heart um, about this matter of prayer and trying to shepherd your congregation. Um, uh, other things that uh, may be helpful for people to hear in terms of the life of a local church and its praying.
1: I think of one of the things that we've done, um, a few things, one is with our prayer meeting, uh, I, I do think that's a vital time during the week, and I understand that looks different for different assemblies, but um, even even if it's a small group of people in your assembly that meet together, you know, usually during the midweek to pray, that is a golden opportunity. And so one of the adjustments that we've tried to make is, and, and I think we know the tendency that all of us have uh, preaching, is that you can intend to have a short devotional you know to open that meeting and that can, that can kind of extend into uh, a lengthy time and before you know it maybe you have an hour for your prayer meeting and you know 30 40 minutes has already gone by and so we we have really intentionally scaled back all the preliminaries of our midweek service we get in we sing one song we read a pre- passage of scripture with minimal comment uh, and then we really try to get down to the business of, of prayer. And I don't want to make it sound like we're successful in that every week, but, but just that our folks know that we have myriad opportunities for biblical instruction uh, in our assembly. That service is intended to meet together to pray.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and I think that's been helpful. Another thing that we've done is to try to be a little more intentional about the times of prayer in our other services. Uh, so even in our Sunday morning service thinking through the different prayers mm. and and the appropriateness of different kinds, biblical types of prayer in different places. So, you know, prayers of intercession, prayers of confession, maybe connected with a communion service, prayers of thanksgiving connected to receiving our offerings and thanking the Lord for his blessings and um, prayers of dedication or prayers asking for illumination from the Spirit, you know, just trying to to sharpen our focus a little bit in our services about what we're doing when we're, you know, leading in prayer, I think has been helpful.
2: I would, I, I really appreciate what you just said because I do think uh, it does have that effect um, of just sharpening focus. I know as we've started the prayer week, um, I can't really remember because I'd have to look back to maybe the dates on my computer files as to which came first, the prayer guide for our, we have, we have a bi-monthly prayer guide that we give to our congregation. And then we have a prayer guide specifically for prayer week. Um, there has been more of a focus on that prayer guide that we give out bi-monthly and there have been aspects of that that have developed over time because we have the prayer week. So I just, it, it, I think having the prayer week kind of keeps you at least in once a year in a big way, it reminds you of one of these uh, pillars that's critical to the life of the church. And uh, some of those times, you know, that we um, pray during prayer week for a specific thing, we, we then have opportunity through the months of the year to again focus on those things and it's it does sharpen it to me it does sharpen the focus um, I think one of the things that has it has affected in our congregation as well at least from my standpoint as pastor is because we're soliciting prayer requests we're asking people you know what do you what do you want us to pray for you yeah. really get a sense of Um, what people value and what they want to see God do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when, and I'm including myself in this, sometimes when our prayer requests are mostly focused on things of this world, we can see something about ourselves that if we compare our, our prayer requests to the prayer requests in the Bible, prayer requests in the Bible tend to be much more focused in on spiritual change and spiritual things and the advancement of the gospel. And it really does give an opportunity to at least see, get some insight into how do we need to grow in our thinking about God and prayer and even our mission as a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, if, If I'm praying for people's salvation and that's what I'm asking other people to pray for, that's wonderful. And as you do that, and then God answers that prayer. Sometimes uh, we've seen God answer prayer. We're praying for somebody's salvation, and we hear how the Lord brought someone—not the person who asked for the you know the person to be saved, but someone else into their life to be a witness to them. And we just think, you know, God is answering prayers here. We got to acknowledge that. But it's 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 definitely lends towards discipleship and helps us to keep our our eyes on. I would say biblical priorities.
0: Yeah.
1: See and I and I wonder, Joel, if if I wonder about this connection with expanding our vision of prayer and prayer requests, how it's connected to our tendency toward prayerlessness mm-hmm. and the sense of dependence that you mentioned back at the beginning. Because if I think that prayer is primarily, you know, a physical, you know, my physical needs or my medical needs then I don't really need prayer until those situations arise. Right, right. -hmm. But but when I recognize that actually my entire life is in dependency on God, and if I have priorities that are kingdom type priorities, then then I recognize the power of prayer and my need of prayer, and then I always have something to pray for. And one of the things that was helpful to our assembly that year in 2019, we took our summer Sunday school quarter and all of the adults went through D.A. Carson's book. It uh, used to be called A Call to Spiritual Reformation. It's now called Praying with Paul. Mm-hmm. I love and, that. Uh, That's a good book. It's a, it's a fantastic corrective to what we're talking about. And, and it's not as if Paul's the only example of prayer in the Bible, or you can only pray the kinds of prayers that Paul prayed. And I don't right. think Carson's trying to present it that way. But it's a helpful corrective to go, wow, look at the things that Paul prayed for. Right. um that that our faith filled intentions to serve the Lord that God would prosper those he yeah. uh, paul prays uh, in his letter to the Thessalonians I mean that's powerful to borrow that kind of terminology and yeah. uh, that's that's I think that's been really helpful for us
2: that's good yeah that's good that's one of the things that uh in the process of trying to develop one of the prayer guides that I did, I went through paul's letters, and I tried to develop a set of prayer requests for our church based on Paul's, and I, I, it may have been through Carson's Influence, too, that helped me um, focus in on those particular requests, but it really helped me uh, take the prayers that Paul prays and um, try to, you know, n- not change them, but try to uh, focus them in on church life and I came away from having taken some time with that I thought man I wish I had done this a long time ago because it helped it helped me to think in terms of the biblical priorities Mm -hmm. to pray for for our church family and then if I gave that if I give that to everybody in our church then we're all praying for that and it it does change the focus to uh like you said it's not just medical or physical needs it's we want to glorify God as a church we want to you know accomplish the Great Commission. We want to grow in our faith and all these things that you would say, yeah, that's a biblical priority. You yeah. should be praying for that.
0: Yeah, and you start to look at those medical needs uh, with different eyes. You know, it's, yeah. it's not that that need goes away or that you don't pray for it. Uh, Christ yeah. Christ wants us to pray about those things, but you start to look at them with a fuller kingdom perspective. Yeah, yeah I think it's instructive, you know, not just... Um, that Paul sort of encapsulates often these letters, the messages of these letters, you know, in these in these opening prayers. Um, but that he is praying for these people, and then he starts these letters by telling them about those the, those prayers. I, I think even the priority is right there uh, in in how he how he begins. Uh, of course, it's very helpful what he says. Um, maybe there's somebody listening and. Uh, they have been, you know, spurred, maybe renewed in a uh, desire to really give this some focus. Um, have there been challenges along the way? I mean, is there anything, maybe just briefly, that you would say, hey brother, pastor, if, if you run into this kind of a thing in your own prayer life or in trying to help your congregation, you know, uh, d- don't be discouraged. Uh, we've, we've faced that too. I mean, anything just briefly that comes to mind in terms of challenges?
2: Indwelling sin, <laughs> it's, I'd say one of the major challenges is personal prayerlessness. You know, when you, when you have a prayer week and you do try to emphasize prayer, and, you know, you, you're just reminded as you find yourself prayerless how, how weak you are. And I've, I've just found both in terms of Scripture and trying to latch on to, you know, good teaching on prayer, I, re- I feel like I always have to keep something before me to keep my mind fixed on spiritual things and even the matter of prayer because yes. it's just, it's, it's hard work. Uh, even if you're spending time with the glorious God of heaven, it, we are such worldlings mm-hmm. that our tendency is to not, you know, look to Him. And I'm thankful that His Spirit doesn't dwell and that he uh one day will deliver me from the body of this death but I, i i i'm thankful that the word of god itself the psalms are are you know pushing us in that direction of relating to him as abba father and uh you know i've i found matthew henry's method for prayer to be helpful i found um uh, a couple of books on everyday prayer with either the reformers or there's another one that I've been using that have helped me to think in terms of just maybe one principle about prayer. And it is just continuing to push in the direction that I know I need to go. If I'm going to be like Christ and please the Lord and, and you know, fellowship with him. Yeah, it's
0: good.
1: Martin Lloyd-Jones says, everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. And and one of those things we do is talk about prayer, yeah. and preach about prayer, and so you know, especially as pastors, I think one of the challenges just to be aware of: we can have every good desire to encourage our people to pray, um, but we can tend to talk about prayer and preach about prayer more than actually praying. Mm. And I, and I noticed when I looked at the week of prayer schedule that Joel had put together, and we tried to model this too, is you want to start the week out with some instruction. You want to fill up people's theology and, and biblical understanding of prayer. But that week is not a, a Bible conference of preaching about prayer. That week is intended to be a week where we go to the Lord in prayer. And so I, I think that's one of the challenges is, Hey, we need to be talking about prayer, we need to be preaching about prayer, but at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to pray. Right. You know, we, we wanna we wanna apply all of that. And and I would just echo what Joel said that the real challenge, especially after, you know, a special concerted in time in prayer, is a recognition of your own shortcoming and then the challenge of keeping that uh, that renewed commitment going. And we just need great grace from the Lord.
2: To, uh, to grow in that area. Yeah, we need one another's encouragement, too. That's one of the things that yeah. Prayer Week does is it brings you together with other people who are going through the same struggle. And, you know, if Paul is saying himself, pray for me, then as an apostle, we, we know we're made of the same stuff and we're not as gifted and hadn't seen the Lord or anything. So we're we're, we're living a life of faith and we need help. Yeah, uh, I need help. I need to be reminded and it's encouraging one of the blessings i would say as as a pastor to go through a week like that and i I think i've said this without really thinking about what i said the previous year i'll I'll say this was a long week because it's not like you stop life and just pray during that week right it was a it's a longer week because you're doing meetings and different things but it's always such a good week it's uh it's a blessing to spend that much time in the presence of god and with mm-hmm. god's people and just be renewed and you know we're no better people because we do a prayer week mm-hmm. we're just simple people <laughs> and we need we need the lord's help but it is we're better in the sense we've spent time in the presence of god and and that's going to make your outlook better and uh as he hears your requests and answers them it's you know, it's going to be better
0: yeah amen well brothers um uh thank you so much. I'd, I'd love to uh, talk about this for several hours more. Uh, I really appreciate your willingness to spend some time uh, talking about this central rhythm of the, of the Christian life, and uh, just to hear a little bit of your reflection about th- what the Lord's done in your own heart, uh, what you're um, seeking uh, by faith to struggle and, and put in place uh, among your own uh, families and congregations, and I, I think it's been good. It's good, been good for me to hear. I hope it will be as well for our listeners. Um, may the Lord help us all, you know, not just to have good theology and conversation about prayer, Ben, like, like you said, but to obey the Lord's command and accept his, his loving invitation to pray at all times. We certainly over the past 12 months have had a lot of uh, circumstance that should provoke us to pray, uh, and perhaps as people in ministry, as pastors, uh, we've wondered, okay, what, what, how do I respond to this unique situation? And I think a central part to that answer is to respond uh, just the way people, God's people have always needed to respond, and that's in prayer. So Joel, Ben, thank you so much again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Theologically Speaking. We trust that in the coming days, God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ.